I'm Trish. And I'm Thaddeus, and you're listening to the Fallen Short Podcast. This episode, we are starting to get more into spiritual gifts. So if you didn't listen to the last episode, it was a more of an introduction to what we're going to be talking about over the next few episodes. I'm not sure how many it's going to take. We'll see how much time it takes to get through some of these. So we're going to be talking about a few different spiritual gifts, going over a little bit of, you know, some definitions of them, going over some scripture that relates to them and and trying to maybe give some uh, today's real world, how, how we see these and maybe how they apply in our own lives to give you some examples. And if you, also, if you didn't listen to the last episode, we talked about doing a spiritual gifts test. And so for those that are following along, we did it on giftstest.com. And on that website, they have 22 different gifts. You go through and answer some questions. You just do some ratings and it kind of gives you, then they, whatever formula, you know, based on that, they give you what you scored the highest in. So we're not going to go in de- into deep detail of, oh, Trish Trish has this one and I have this one or whatever. But as we go along, when something hits one of the ones that we had, then we'll, we'll, we'll bring that up and we'll, we'll talk a little bit how the, maybe we see that and how I see it in my life, how Trish sees it in my life and vice versa. So to start off this episode, we are starting with administration. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says, And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. All are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? All do not have gifts of healing, do they? All do not speak in tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? But earnestly desire the greater gifts, and I show you a still more excellent way. So two of the four gifts that we are talking about in this episode are right there. And that would be the gift of administration and the gift of apostleship. And those are the first two we're going to start out with. So that's perfect. They're both right there in that scripture. And right before that verse that Trish read. It's in the in the scriptures. It's talking about and maybe you're familiar about how there the church is one body, but there's many parts, right? So that's kind of the leading into the verse she read. And are they all apostles? You know, it, it, they're not, right? It's we are a one church body, but we all have different some you know overlap, right? Some of our gifts are going to overlap, but we we all have different gifts that can help the body be the body and all the gifts are needed to help the body to function. Yeah. And I think Trish and I had talked, you know, a little bit, I mean, there's some of these gifts we're all called to have and some of them to a different degree. I don't think we're all called to, to necessarily have all of these gifts, but we should desire them. So with the gift of administration in the Greek has the same root word as stewardship and management. And when you read about the gift of administration in the Bible and where it references it to, it's talking about, you know, 
people who help to have things function in the body of Christ. So when they were talking about the need for people to be fed and clothed and with various needs, this would fall under that gift of administration. Just people who are able to help make things function and run well and handle resources well and maximize resources. And it's not a gift that everybody has. It's definitely a a strong leadership gift. It's definitely a gift that requires somebody who has a strong stewardship skill, somebody who's going to take in the resources that maybe through tithes and offering and then dispenses it throughout the body of Christ in proper ways and figuring out how to allocate different funds and stuff like that, how to be administrative with resources. And I think about in our, in our lives right now, and I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Trish, but I don't think when you took the test that you score, this is one of the ones that you scored in. No. Maybe you have on other tests in the past. I don't know. But I touched on this a little bit, I think, on our last episode in what Trish does for her job. It's very administrative. She's not, you know, that's not her title of like administrator or administrative assistant or anything like that, right? But what she does, when I think about this definition that that the uh, giftstest.com gives and what Trish has already been touching on, you know, that it's to organize, you know, to find... The resources and getting people together to to accomplish things, right? That's what she does on a week in week out basis. It is just, it's interesting because she, according to this test, and it's not you know, this isn't to live and die by, right? We just kind of, it's nice to get an idea, right? But according to this, she didn't score very high in that. But I see it every week that she has this gift. Yeah, it's definitely a motivational gift because it's a gift that you use to serve other people and a gift that blesses the body of Christ. So I think it's probably something many people can pull on and some and develop. It's a leadership gifting that as you grow in your leadership, you probably develop this gift, especially if it's something you are chasing after and desire. I know for me, an area of my life I've really tried to help establish has been leadership. I listen to different leadership podcasts. I read books about leadership. That's definitely a skill I'm trying to hone and to be somebody who people want to follow and not just somebody who barks orders, but somebody who really can get into it with people and serve with people. And so people look to them and want to follow them. But maybe it's not a natural skill of mine, but it's definitely a skill that I've been trying to help establish so if this is something maybe you feel like god wants to grow you in i think there's a definite possibility for anybody to grow in the gift of administration and if you're skipping ahead you can see how we're talking about administration and the and we're hearing the word leadership as well and that is another gift but i think you're going to see that a lot where you're going to see these different gifts overlap not all of them are going to overlap with each other but you're going to see little ones you know i shouldn't say little ones you're going to see ones that definitely sound similar but i think there's there's just those areas that can be a little bit you could be a leader but maybe not be as great as uh doing the administration side of leadership you know so there's there's a little pulling 
tug of war in some of them, but they they kind of mend together. So the next one we're talking about is apostleship. Which apostleship is one that I've historically rated pretty high on in various gifts tests throughout the years of taking them through different seminars or just different testing. And it's interesting because I took a few different spiritual gifts tests over the past few weeks. And on giftstest.com, I didn't necessarily rate on apostleship, but I have on other ones. So it's just kind of funny to see how that plays out. But I'm going to read to you guys out of Ephesians 4, verse 11, and it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. So that's talking about the fivefold ministry. That's talking about the five areas when you look at a church that you see ministry in operation. And it says in verse 12, For the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body in Christ, until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of stature, which belongs to the fullness of Christ. I just want to kick off talking about apostleships in a very clear way that the Bible was written by the apostles in the time of the Bible. And that was it. Like apostles nowadays or people who function under the gifting of apostleship are not supposed to go out and write new Bibles or create some sort of new doctrine or philosophy or whatever that was for then the we have our scriptures we have the authority of scriptures we have that and so the gifting of apostles not necessarily that you are going to go out and write a new bible <laughs> apostle means a person who is sent that you are sent out to do the work of ministry you're sent out as an ambassador in the kingdom of god I think an apostle in today's day and age, something that we could really relate to if you've grown up in the church or been around the churches is missionary. Because a lot of times when we send out missionaries, they're going to, yes, spread the word. They're they're going to do some evangelism, right? But a lot of times they're going to help people that maybe don't know God to help them know who God is and then train them to start their own churches, right? And they plant churches in other countries and train these people to be able to have their own church and to keep spreading the gospel, right? I think missionary work is very much along the lines of apostleship. And maybe I'm off base, but that's the way, when I just think about it in today's day and age, that's how I think about it. Yeah, I agree. I grew up with a father who was very motivated by this gift. This was definitely the way he functioned in ministry was with an apostolic gifting. And one thing he did, and he did it well, was he traveled and he would help train up ministers and establish leadership in churches and help churches get established and get a good foundation of scripture and doctrine. And then he would release the leadership into operation and not necessarily maintain control of it but rather release it into a mission of establishing the kingdom of god in that specific region all over the world and then still being somebody that they could go to you know how would you handle this or what do you think about that right and and he would then go back to those places and and do some ministry right it wasn't just a Okay, I did this and now see you later. No, right? it's definitely a leading of leaders. 
a ministry to ministers. And I had the privilege of a lot of my lifetime. From the time I was a little girl, I can remember traveling with him well into my adulthood, even in a more full-time capacity, traveling with him and helping to get churches established and stuff and work with different leaders in different regions. And that was a blessing. And it was a really cool foundation and foundational training for me in ministry. And I think probably why, because my dad had this gifting, probably why a lot of times I was motivated in this gifting is because that was the gifting I was being trained under. And so it put a lot of whether it was like a natural gift of the Holy Spirit or just a way that I was trained in ministry, I'm not really sure because sometimes that line's a little blurred. Just like if you grow up in a church that has a really strong evangelistic approach, that is going to become part of your nature and your DNA, whether that was a gift given to you by the Holy Spirit or a motivational gift that was established in you because of the community of believers you are surrounded by. Yeah, and just going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of how it's the body, right? And we all serve these different purposes. And in when I think in America, the the various denominations and churches and you, we live in the Midwest and there's a lot of churches. And, but I think about it, there would be people and we're not touching on necessarily evangelism, the gift of evangelism on this episode, but you've already heard it. There's the people that have that gift of evangelism, but once they are gone, there has to be people that have a gift of apostleship, right? To be able to train up those people that were just evangelized to. And without that, how many churches would there be in the world, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it all serves different purposes. And it's it's very much like Trish was saying, the apostles that wrote books in the Bible, right? A lot of what we read in scriptures, that was something they had to do, right? In their apostleship of down the many, many years for us to learn from, right? And the people who function with an apostolic gift today, they are still functioning in a way of training up others so that they can lead down the road. And the denomination we're a part of right now does this really well too, where we're part of a denomination that is very focused on evangelizing the lost, seeking and saving the lost and, and missions and training up leadership. And that's something that really drew us to our church was that outward focus, bring people in, tell them about Jesus and then help them take their next steps in their faith, which hopefully grows into them helping to lead other people to Christ. So making disciples who in turn make disciples, right? And if you're not a part of something like that, I'd really encourage you dive in and get connected into a church that helps you achieve that mission of making disciples and is outward focused in that sense. So healthy. So the next one we're talking about is craftsmanship. And this one, I'll be completely honest, is not one that I ever thought of as like a spiritual gift. And so it's very much like a wait, craftsmanship. That's a, that's a spiritual gift. It's so interesting when you read about people who've invented things that have felt like they had a divine inspiration from God. You know, like the Holy Spirit prompted them to do something in a particular way that made this really cool invention. So Exodus 31 verse 3 says, I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, in all kinds of craftsmanship 
to make artistic designs for work in gold, in silver, and in bronze, and in the cutting of stone for settings, and in the carving of wood, that he may work in all kinds of craftsmanship. That first starts out with, I have filled him with the spirit of God and wisdom. But then from that flows the understanding and the knowledge and craftsmanship. That allows that person to work with their hands in a way that is to develop and be innovative. And sometimes you meet people and you're like, wow, how did you think to do that? I could have taken those exact materials and it would have been so simple and plain and boring. But then you have somebody, I think, I'm, like for me personally, somebody on my team who could take the same materials and turn it into something amazing and wonderful because God has gifted her with that gift of craftsmanship where she can work with such craftsmanship and such an ability that can take something so simple and make it very beautiful and very complex. And you probably can think of people in your life like that who just have that gift to take something ordinary and plain and make it beautiful. And that's sometimes it's a gift that is truly inspired by the Holy Spirit. And and even in like a practical sense, right? Talk, what we were just talking about with missionaries and going and planning churches, I know that sometimes it's not just going and preaching the gospel and training up leaders, but sometimes they, they need a place to, to meet. And so it's somebody having an idea of what's the most feasible thing we could do to create a building or just a roof over a head, right? That would we could take that and make it a model so then we could go to the next the next uh, village and do the same thing, right? I mean, that's somebody having that that ability to be like, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go there. We, ha- we can take these materials and we can build this structure, right? I mean, that's a practical sense of it. And then obviously, who is, who's the most famous craftsman of all? Right. I mean, Jesus was a carpenter, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the last one we're going to talk about on this episode is discernment. And I know for me, this is one that actually I, I scored pretty high on. I, yeah, uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Of the five. So they give, they give you five at the end of the five. That was the number two for me. And I, and for me, you know, I can, I can see it. I can see it in my own life. I can see, and you've probably heard me talk about it in the, in past episodes, if you've been listening where I talk about having to make decisions in my life and having, you know, and praying and asking God about that and, and really having the discernment to make that decision of, no, this is, this is truly what I'm supposed to do. Right. Or that's truly something that I need to stop and things like that. Not just in those areas, but even just in areas of having, having a feeling of like something's not right. And, you know, what, what is it and what do we need to change? And I'm saying in practical sense, and even in like a spiritual sense of having that, like, this is, this is not good. Yeah, I would definitely say that describes you a lot. The word discernment means a smart judgment of something or to discern is to separate what's true from what's not true. First John four, verse one says, beloved, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you'll know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist of which you have heard that is coming. And now it is already in the world. Discernment is 
so paramount in the body of Christ. It's so important. And when I think of discernment, people who should have a lot of discernment, I think of elders in church who are helping to create boundaries and rules that a local assembly would have followed. And, and they need to have that discernment, also wisdom, to help guide a church in the right direction. Because it says that many false prophets have gone out in the world. There's going to be a lot of people, wolves in sheep's clothing, if you will, who come into an assembly, a gathering of believers, a church, and they try to come in and appear to be wonderful on the outside, but really come in with vicious intentions in their heart. A lot of us do wrong, right? So don't go thinking you're wolves in sheep's clothing. I don't want to put that upon any of you. But there are people who are on almost an assignment from Satan to come in and cause destruction in the body of Christ. I'm not talking about people who are sinful, like all of us, because we're all sinful, but I'm talking about people who are specifically out to cause damage to the kingdom of God. And so people with the gift of discernment help to discern spirits that are in people and help to call out that evil intention in people's hearts and protect the sheep, to protect the people in the body of Christ from harm. Also, I would say something that I've noticed in people in my life who have that high gift of discernment. If you are in a situation, it's almost like, you know, if you're in a situation in a conversation with a group of people, people who have a high gift of discernment can almost tell right off the bat when somebody is being two-faced or somebody is putting on like a facade. Right, I, rather than being genuine. Or, right. Yeah. I, I would say that's very much Thaddeus. He so often will put a red flag up to me of, of a situation and it's something where maybe I, I'm oblivious to it and don't notice it and he does see it. And I'm not saying I don't function in the gift of discernment because I have and hopefully will, but I would say it's he functions in it a lot higher probably than I do and he can discern and judge and he makes, I feel like, pretty accurate distinguishing, you know, the good from the bad. And I would say for me, a lot of it, so I know I touched on having to make decisions in my life of whether I should do something or not or step away from something or not. But even in regards to what I'm hearing, right, whether that's from a pastor at a church or from the news, you know, the media, what, what I'm hearing in politics, what I'm hearing from social media and different people's opinions and things like that of not just taking everything for face value. And really, I would say to me, it's not something that I like proclaim out loud or anything, you know, to me, like a, a slogan to me is to question everything. Because if you're just quick, just quickly taking something at face value, and not at all questioning it, that's where I think people get into trouble because and not having any discernment. When they're just like, oh, so-and-so said that. So that's, that's it. Yeah. And I, I believe so strongly that all of us need to try to practice this gift of discernment in our life. And, and the way we help establish this is by studying the word of God, because when we're in the word of God and we're in the truth and we're in that place of, of understanding and, and obtaining knowledge of the Holy one of who God is and who Christ is in our lives. And we're learning about scripture when winds of doctrine and false things come around or wolves in sheep's clothing, we are 
able to have a higher sensing of that because we've been so much saturated in the word of God and in the presence of God. So when that darkness invades and when that thing that's not of God comes into our presence, hopefully we can sense it at a higher level. But I, I do believe that people with a gift of discernment almost or just have like their antennas out and are ready to distinguish that. But we all should desire to be discerning with these type of things for sure. But like I said, the way we do that is we ask God to give us discernment for one, but for two, we get in the word of God and, and get to know truth. So when false teaching comes, we are able to distinguish it. Hebrews 5 verse 13 says, For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and does not know to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Or another translation says to be able to discern the difference between right and wrong. And what I want to say about discernment, it's not necessarily a snap judgment. It's not just you have that initial inkling in you and it might just be because you have preconceived notions of, of somebody's personality type or you heard gossip about somebody so you have this judgment inside of you discernment and having a false sense of discernment are two different things this discernment that this is talking about in hebrews 5 comes with people who are mature in their faith who are able when it talks about having milk or having solid food milk is for new believers milk is for people who are new to the faith not super established in their understanding of the word of God and solid food is for people who are much more mature and are able to recognize the and discern the difference between right and wrong. And so what I'd say, if, if you're learning discernment and you are having this gift at operation in your life and you feel like you're somebody who can walk into a situation and really accurately discern what is happening, surround yourself with people who are older in their faith and more mature and, and kind of, push your ideas to them and ask them, you know, am I feeling this right? It was what I'm sensing about the situation. Do you feel like that's accurate? Because what I'd hate to happen is for people to feel like, well, I have this gift of discernment and then just start making all these judgments about people or situations or churches, but yet they don't have that establishment of the word of God in them. And so just as you're trying to establish in, into this gift, get in the word of God and surround yourself with wise counsel so if you've been enjoying this you know we're just two normal people trying to talk through some spiritual gifts and relate some some real life experience with them and give you some scriptures and some kind of definition around them we we don't really know where you're at and with what you know about spiritual gifts or not so some of this to some of you this might be pretty basic and some of you this might be eye-opening and so we just want to be able to relay some information to you and hopefully it's making sense. So stick with us. Next episode, we'll continue talking about some other spiritual gifts and try to give you some more insight. So if you enjoyed this, please share it on social media. Uh, you could follow us as well. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search Fallen Short Podcast and you should be able to find us. If you have any suggestions, ideas, questions, or prayer requests, you can either message us on those platforms or you can leave a comment on our website, fallenshortpodcast.com. 
on each episode if you click into it you can leave a comment on an episode or you can email us at info at fallenshortpodcast.com we'd love to hear from you so until next time i'm thaddeus and i'm trish and we love you guys or maybe you're aspiring to start one. If you are, we'd like to encourage you to check out Blueberry Podcasting for all of your hosting needs. We use Blueberry today, and let me tell you, it's it's real slick. Uh, works with our website just fine on a plugin. So if you use our code Fallen Short, you can get your first month free. So you can go ahead and click that affiliate image link on our website and get started with your podcast.